You are listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that there, man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. To a shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Okay. Okay. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown Six pass touchdown of the game. day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, we are peeling back the curtain on the Dolphins' 35-32 win in Chicago. We'll look at the tape, the key stats, the snap counts, and hear from head coach Mike McDaniel from his Monday afternoon press conference from the Baptist Hill Studios inside the Baptist Hill Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. Let's kick off this Tuesday podcast as we do every week with the film review, taking a look at the offense and first with the quarterback position in Tua Tungavailoa, who starts off this game with much of the same that you've come to see from him really over the course of his entire career. Three by two formation tilted towards the field, the wide side of the formation, your three receivers, your two to the back side of the formation, and the Bears drop into this Tampa two look. And this play, I think, really exemplifies Tua's superpowers as the Mike linebacker is running the pipe. That means down the middle of the field, your two wide safeties both have a half. Your middle linebacker takes the pipe down the middle and he puts his back to the boundary side of the formation. So he is walling off anything from the field and basically saying the backside part of the formation, I don't care about. So what Tua does is works that field side of the formation, the front side. And as he flips his alignment to go backside, to go behind that linebacker, who's not a factor in the boundary side of the formation, as he puts his body in alignment to attack that side of the field, he sees it at the same time. So it's all happening, like onto the progression, ball out. Like it happens that fast, that quickly. And it, it just puts himself in position to throw the ball as quickly as he sees it. And you'll see Waddle throttling down his route right at the numbers with the hook backer to that side of the formation, two yards inside of Jalen Waddle. So Tua's hands separate at this moment and he shoots it into the vacancy. By the time Waddle finishes his route, the football is right there to hit him in stride in that window. This is the type of execution we are getting the last two weeks on a down-by-down basis from number one. And the thing about it, it's a three-man rush, and there's only one way you can effectively consistently beat eight-man coverage with high, high-level anticipation. That's what you see here. Ball coming out before your receiver has cleared face or crossed face of that hook linebacker. Not a lot of quarterbacks are doing that at that level. I also positively love the throw to the back pylon on the defensive pass interference called on Tyreek Hill in the end zone on that same drive because the defender only has one move there to run as fast as he can with zero chance of getting his head back to the football. His only hope there is to meet Tyreek at the catch point and try to separate the hands and get, get the pass com, uh, incompleted. So, you know, Tyreek, the way he plays this, he knows about this. So he just comes back and plays through his man on the way to the football. It's a guaranteed defensive pass interference when you do that. So put the ball up, let Tyreek come back. 
easy pickings for easy yardage. We get another elite level execution on play two of the second drive for Tua Tungavailoa. You get pre-snap motion that tilts the formation once again, three by two to the field. Your three receivers to the wide side, two to the short side. And you see Jaquan Brisker, their very talented rookie safety, in part of a two high structure, he moves to the other side of the field. Now, Tua or I should say to the hash, to the, to the hash mark to that side of the field. Now, Tua has Gasicki and Tyreek stacked in a condensed split to the boundary. That means they are aligned inside the numbers on the field to the short side of the field against two off-zone defenders. So you basically have three on two with the safety over the top and those two off-cover uh, guys. And the perimeter cornerback who zone turns, which means he puts his butt to the perimeter, and he's got eyes in the quarterback that way, and then the inside guy is a linebacker, and both of them are 10 yards of depth with uh, Jaquan Brisker rotating 20 yards of depth over the top. So it's a tough window to find. But 33, the outside corner, is incredibly wary of the flag route, potentially here from Tyreek Hill. And so Tua locks on Gesicki into the flat, and that pulls 33 down just enough. It's one false step is all he needed. Then he rips the ball right in behind him to a location that's just too far for him to get up and get a hand on, and it's away from any potential big hit from Jaquan Brisker. I think this is the best way I can describe this. Remember how the Patriots would always play Ryan Tannehill in those games in Foxborough? Like eight in coverage, disguise the coverage, and force him to make anticipatory throws all day? I love Tannehill, but that was not his game. Tua is shredding that approach to the game, positively shredding it with elite processing, elite manipulation, and elite accuracy. He's playing like an elite quarterback because you can't blitz him either because he'll shred that too. So pick your poison with this quarterback right now. And you get it on the next play too with something that, you know, my whole Tua stance has been that the reason that he doesn't get the love that I think he should get, even, you know, in the last two seasons, is because the things that he does super well are not like readily apparent to your eye right the same thing with the snap count or the snap issues we had in training camp like the five high or low snaps that's something you can tangibly point out and say hey that's not supposed to happen but I don't know anything about reach techniques or you know dropping an anchor on you know an inside loop from a stunt pass rush like the things that Tua does well aren't as readily apparent as you know the big strong rocket arm that comes into play 5% of your play. Like it's just in this play on, I'm talking about here with the innocuous looking look to the casual eye, two receivers to the field with Sherfield coming across the formation and pre-snap motion, which of course gives you a three by one. So your two by two motion comes over unbalanced, make it three by one. And Tua is looking at Tyreek and Jalen, who is the two to that side of the formation, the closest into the formation. And he can see they're facing this press man coverage with safety help over the top. And it doesn't take him more than a half a beat to recognize this and realize that nobody followed Sherfield across the formation. And so what does he do? Give it to him right away. So many times I see quarterbacks wait a beat, like maybe I can process this further. Maybe they'll uncover downfield. Okay, now I can get to my check down. And by that time, defenses will show you how fast they are because they rally up and cut that thing down before it ever has a chance to get going. So rather than catching this with people around him, Sherfield has some space with it. This play doesn't wind up going anywhere. It gains two yards, but the process of having the answers, getting it out fast is a highly effective process as we'll see the rest of this game. On the very next play, you fake a give on a zone read, you peek to the flat, that pulls down the curl flat defender, and then you run Waddle right in behind the Sam linebacker, who's also reading the flow of that potential run. You throw it before he crosses face. So again, on time, in stride, 
perfectly in rhythm, easy as you like for a gain of 26 yards. Copy and paste that over and over and over. Did it all day long, been doing it all year long, been doing it his entire football life. And I was thinking about asking this question to coach on the touchdown throw to Tyreek Hill, but I didn't get to it, so I didn't do it. But there is a defender who is in good shape on Tyreek Hill on his touchdown catch. But Tua has the ball out in under 1.5 seconds, and that defender jumps when the ball's in the air inside to Mike Gesicki. And that's why Tyreek was so open. It's the only thing I can think of is that Tua no looked it. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Or the defender just flat out busted it. But it's the only reason I can think why he would jump inside. Because on the play, we run a muddle huddle, quick to the line, snap it real quickly. And maybe that caused the confusion there. Because Jeff Wilson also came wide open inside on the choice route, little Texas route, arrow route, whatever it's called. You know, you, you, you widen linebacker across his face and, and run across the middle of the formation. He was wide open, but so was Tyreek. And I, I swear it had to have been a no-look pass. The wheel to Tyreek, the third and sixth conversion, is exactly what you want to see. Get that guy that open that far downfield. And just please don't miss him. Don't throw it too far in front where he can't make a play. You're more than willing to sacrifice the perfection of hitting him right in stride to guarantee that you not just get the first down on third down, but it winds up going for 37 yards. I don't know when we started scoffing at 40-yard gains in this league and complain about potentially more on the back end, but I will take 40 yards any day of the week. First play of the second half, he gets some pressure, Tua does, hitches up and resets and shoots a deep out from the far hash to Tyreek. And the reason I wanted to put this in the notes is because last year I thought that once things broke down and he had to get realigned mechanically, that's when some issues arose. But for this particular rep, top of the drop, hitch up, reset, let that thing fly, and boy does he. From his own 17-yard line, Tyreek catches it coming out of his break at the 45-yard line. So for those scoring at home, that is a cross-field far hash throw from 28 yards away. That's pretty good. The touchdown pass to Waddle might have been my favorite play of the entire day for Tua Tungavailoa. We flood that side that Tua boots to the left side of the formation, his strong side for the roll, you know, throwing that left arm. And Gasicki's corner route, takes the safety towards the back pylon and holds the corner to the front pylon. So a two-man occupying route from Mike Gesicki. And credit to Mike Gesicki for the routes he runs. We'll talk about that more in a second. And the entire receiver's room and tight end's room, the routes they run to create space. We're going to talk to Mike McDaniel about that here in the final segment as well, as he gave a a great answer for what that entails and how you get guys to do that. And Tyreek runs his route right behind the hook backer. And we'll talk about Tyreek and what he does in these creating space chance type of routes as well. But from there, Waddle is operating in vacated space and Tua sees this all play out and throws it right where the safety, or I should say right when the safety goes for width and depth covering Gasicki and the timing by Waddle to settle it into the zone and to come back to the football and get it is top-notch stuff. We'll break that one down more in, in Waddle and Gasicki's portion of this. I think Tyreek too, because I talked about all of those guys running really good routes. We get to the first miss I've seen on this tape for two, and it comes with 11 minutes and 13 seconds in the third quarter. It's an over out to Waddle, the one that he nearly caught, looked like it was picked, wound up getting popped out late and going incomplete. I thought Tua was just a hair late to deliver that football. Waddle has free access inside against off coverage, and the Mike linebacker has already washed down inside on play action. So with Tyreek running the backside corner out of the play, Tua could have thrown this thing to the space that he eventually did throw it to with loft and touch before Waddle got to that first hash mark, before he crossed the first hash mark, but he waits until Waddle 
is on the second hash mark. So he's crossed the middle of the field, and that gives Brisker just enough time to get depth and make a play. To me, this is the equivalent of walking a batter, like in the top of the sixth inning, to break up your perfect game. He was throwing a perfect game, and he walked somebody and then got out of the like out of the inning. So it's not a big deal to me. It, it, you're going to have your misses. So <laughs> I'm all over the place here, but look, I thought we all came to an understanding that every quarterback missed like two, three, four, sometimes 10 throws a game, depending on how good they are. Like every quarterback in the league, every single game we watch, I thought we agreed upon that. The last time we all watched a primetime game together, but maybe I'm wrong. Happens every game for every quarterback. Two was first one, in my opinion, came early third quarter, and I had him with three total on the day. So, yeah. Uh, really liked his throwaway on second and six on that same drive right before the Jeff Wilson touchdown. Tua gets pressure, steps around a sack, and there is nothing open. So he puts it in the bleachers. Great. When you're playing this efficiently, I think it makes even more sense than normal to live to fight another day. And he did, and we did. And again, the timing. The ball is out on the Wilson touchdown. The minute he puts his foot in the ground and breaks it to the outside and gets up to the perimeter, the ball is a tad low, but it's on the right shoulder, the upfield shoulder, which allows Wilson to turn it up, put the hand down, and lunge for the end zone. Another three-touchdown day for Tua Tagovailoa. Man, uh, I think if Jalen keeps running on the deep shot, we got the DPI on. We might have had an 82-yard touchdown, a potential fourth touchdown for Tua on the day. He puts that ball on the opposing 30-yard line from his own 10. It's a 60-yard air yard shot, but it's only 52 because he's eight yards behind the line. But you get it. And then, ah, man, the fourth down miss of Durham Smythe is harder to watch on tape than it was the broadcast. All the attention is flowing the other way to Tyreek and Jalen, and Smythe gets lost in the sauce coming across the formation the opposite direction. He's the only person, white jersey or navy blue jersey, running in that direction. There's nobody over there. And I think when he picks his head up is just when Tua goes to throw the football, and it caused this, like, misfiring of the wires of, like, oh, no, 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 like, come back and the ball winds up going short, and Tua has a nice pocket, and maybe if he stays in there and sets his feet and he throws it, Durham stays on his track, but Durham went wobbly up and down that line, took his head off the quarter, his eyes off the quarterback. I don't understand that. I don't understand why you would do that. Maybe he thought there was going to be a scramble, but with the way that play flowed, there was, man, we got to have that conversion, and that's a big, big miss, and Stay on your track, man. Then the thing about the third down deep shot to Waddle is that it looks like just like you draw it up. Like Waddle gets his gets free before the sticks. His release is fantastic. Tua lets it fly with plenty of time. Like Tua is already separating his hands when Jalen is five yards shy of the sticks. So he's only five yards down the field. The pass winds up being two yards short of where it needed to go. But like, let's not make a thing out of this, right? Because again, quarterbacks miss throws. That's all this is. <coughs> Excuse me. I really don't want to hear about the arm because that dude threw the ball 60 yards down the field on the DPI to Waddle earlier in the game. It's a tough miss, but I would say it really was one of three misses on the quarterback all day. A great, great, great tape. Elite anticipation, manipulation, accuracy is making two an elite quarterback in 2022. Tyreek Hill, so many plays in this offense work off of what he does. That first third down conversion where he squats at the sticks and draws a bracket. We run Trent Sherfield right behind that on the skinny post. And what I love about this most is that Tyreek doesn't just like run the target 
or the route at the depth that he's been coached to, he adjusts it to most influence the defense. Like he doesn't just stop and give up when, you know, trying to garner their attention. He runs this little stick route at four yards. Then you see the defense kind of off of him. So he takes this hop step back and like engages them, like puts his back on their, on their like hands and they, it sucks him up. It kind of Velcros the defense to him and creates that space accordingly behind them as they react. So it occupies their attention to create space elsewhere. The wheel route off the rub from the bunch is such a great route from Tyreek. We talk all the time about backers scraping off blocks. You want to stay as tight to the man as you can to get the best potential gap because windows in this league are slim. Tyreek does that on a delayed release where he lets the rub happen through the Bears coverage and it puts him in a foot race. Not where you want to be against Tyreek Hill, but the way he stayed in tight to that bunch and that rub made that whole thing happen. The opening play of the second half is ridiculous. It's a deep out from the far hash, but Tyreek runs it in a way to give Tua such a big window to work with. The corner is butt to the sideline, zone turn, you know zone, with middle of the field close. What does that mean? Single high safety parked in the middle of the football field so you can't throw your posts and seam routes. Tyreek threatens to the post, and even though there's safety help, the, co- the corner is so concerned about his speed that he takes off and runs inside. As soon as he does that, Tyreek throttles down, goes back out wide. He is so tough to cover, man. Then check out his route on the Jeff Wilson touchdown. The corner wants to press and give him access outside, so Tyreek takes it. But again, rather than running away from him and potentially getting the defensive back's attention elsewhere, he stays engaged. He dips that right shoulder right into the DB and like tucks into him as he pushes upfield, which the cornerback says, I better stay in phase right here. He's trying to get a back shoulder ball or something, or I'm going to be on a highlight reel. I don't want that. And what it does is clears up space for Wilson to run a choice route on a linebacker, which is a great, great route when you know you're running it for your teammate, not for yourself or Tyreek Hill. What a player this guy is. How about Jalen Waddell? His touchdown was excellent, excellent spatial awareness coming back to the football. You see him work off of Tyreek doing that thing we just broke down where he kind of slow plays to the spot. And then once Tua rips it, he turns the Jets back on and goes and attacks the football. Great play from a great receiver. The whip route to convert on third down on our final touchdown drive. He has off coverage and Waddle shows an over route off the release, takes that left foot and crosses uh, crosses over like I'm going to get to the inside part of the field. And you see the corner jump way inside. He takes that cheese way inside the minute he does that Waddle puts his foot in the ground and he's moving back to the perimeter before the corner can even change direction out of the misstep that he took it's the easiest third down conversion Tua has had all season and then again his release on the third and 11 play was absolutely superb just left his man in the dust swiped the hands got that inside shoulder up the on the ups, upfield shoulder of the defensive back stacked him from there we want that one back how can you not love Trent Sherfield, man? The opening drive where he knocks Jack Sanborn down on a crackback block, then makes a tough catch in traffic on third and seven to move the chains, and it comes off another cool design where Tyreek does that same thing where he pulls the defense in. So this receiving core, man, Cedric Wilson uh, you know, had a couple of catches as well. This receiving core really got after it in this game. Deep into the podcast here, let's go ahead and take our first break. We'll come back and break down the rest of the offense and do the defense as well. That's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
We covered the quarterback and the wide receiver. Let's go ahead and pick it up with the running backs here for your Chicago Bears. Week 9, Dolphins, 35-32 victory film breakdown. We start with Jeff Wilson, and man, how about that blitz pickup he had coming across the formation and burying the edge right in front of Tua. It's off play action, and the Bears blitz a corner, which can be a problem for bootlegs, but he flies all the way across the formation in tandem with Rob Hunt and lays out. He dives for a block and takes the cornerback off his feet in the act. His 28-yard rush was just hat-on-hat execution. You had Armstead and Jones double the backside. Armstead gives this really good shove to the three technique, which allows Rob Jones to bury him. And then Rob comes off of that block and washes down the Mike linebacker who tried to shoot that gap. So really two for three there for your Dolphins left tackle, left guard combination. On the front side, Connor Williams moves his man down a couple of gaps and you get an excellent downfield block from Cedric Wilson. He was one step away, Jeff Wilson was, from running that thing in for six, but a good stop by Eddie Jackson. Very next play, Wilson does what backs need to do, makes a man miss at the point and turns a well-fit play by the Bears defense from a potential no gain into a seven-yard run. And then the effort on the touchdown catch speaks for itself. Ball a little bit low, digs it out, stays on his feet, finds the pylon. What a play, what a player. Jeff Wilson looks to be. Alec Ingold's a destroyer of worlds. His first block of the game, he just leads it up in the C-gap and wipes a dude out, and he so consistently gets these late chips on guys in pass pro that just afford Tua an extra half second. What a valuable addition he has been. Now, he did miss a block that I think would have sprung Raheem for a touchdown run on that two-minute drill. Inside the 20-yard line, just whiffed it, would have hit it, maybe had a big uh, block for a touchdown run there, but not going to hit them all. Uh, Connor Williams, that 13-ish yard run by Wilson on the two-minute drive at the end of the first half, he takes the one technique and reaches him and wipes him out for a huge gap for that run for Wilson. And I don't know if I can explain, you know, how consistently he hits that block. It's the toughest block for a center who has to snap the football and then get a cross face of a guy who has you outflanked. And if he gets a good get off, you have such a tough task of getting a cross face, but he does it so effectively every single time. Now, I will concede that for the first time all year, a bad snap cost us. That ball hit to his ankle, and it put us in fourth and medium after being in third and short. So bad snap got us on that one. First time in nine weeks. Wow, big deal. Uh, Rob Jones on that same 13-yard run from, uh, I think it was Wilson? Yeah. He blocks out the sun on a second-level down block on a linebacker. Also had a really nice combo block on a run late in the third quarter where he uses that massive width and base to really put himself into situations where he can square guys up at the first level. How about Teron Armstead's game? To his completion to Wilson on the second drive where he got called for roughing the passer is a great example of what Teron does to make the whole offense better. He starts the rep off by squeezing inside the, the inside post of Rob Jones, uh, his left foot, which, you know, if you have a potential, you know, cross face or rush game, the tackle wants to squeeze and help that guard on a bigger body. It's kind of going to bull rush and try to displace the offensive line's pass pro wall. And the Bears see this open path around the outside because Tehran has squeezed it and they want to win with speed. But Tehran is perfect in his mechanics. He swings open that left hip, gets to depth, gets to his landmark and realizes he needs to get deeper. You, sh- you see him kind of bring the hands out and then like put him back. Like I can't do this yet because I have to get in a better position before I engage this dude. So he turns and gets to a spot and gets a push on the edge right before he gets to Tua, helping inside, recovering outside. That's elite, man. His pass pro on the wheel to Tyreek as well was so, so good. He's not just winning reps. He's cutting rushers down before they can even get him to retreat or like, you know, displace the anchor. It just gives Tua more room to operate with. 
How about Brandon Shell, who overran a block on one of the first plays of the game on the opening drive that might have sprung a long run, but after that, I thought he was aces. His rep on the Raheem touchdown run was textbook. Washed a man down two gaps, playing from his base and generating that power up through the knees, up through the hips, up through the shoulders, and through his punch. Knocked him out of the play completely. You also get a great seal from Connor Williams on that play. A perfect pull and seal from Rob Jones. Really good backside wall off by Tehran. And Raheem had great vision to drop his shoulder into a location where he couldn't get squared up. Touchdown, Dolphins. Uh, Shell also had an awesome pass pro rep where his punch got knocked back just like knock the dude off of his rush altogether. Then he sees a looper from the front side of the formation and goes and close him off. Him and Rob Hunt have been really good working on games. And this whole line has like wins where they make two blocks in one play. It's been fun to watch. They did have one rep on the two minute drive where Tua had to throw it away where they split Rob uh, Hunt and Brandon Shell with the four eye. That was the one mistake I really had from that side of the offensive line as a combo. Uh, speaking of Rob Hunt, he has some disrespectful pass pro reps, man. <laughs> the opening third down play, he one hand punch stifles the defensive tackle shuffles his feet to get back square and then winds up getting the rusher back into his belly like when, when the rusher's back is to you it's a great place to be just basically ends the rep rob did that because of a devastating punch to start this pass pro rep uh, let's go to Mike Gesicki, who had a quiet day catching the football, but his effort on a third down conversion to Tyreek on that last touchdown drive really helped clear that space. Tyreek winds up one-on-one on the linebacker as the three receiver to the field. So that means closest to the formation, right? The receiver closest to your right tackle. And Mike is the two. So he's the slot guy among the, the three over there. Uh, he must clear out that corner. So what he does is presses the toes of that corner who has outside leverage by running straight at him. And that forces the DB to initiate contact on him. Then he bends his route back to the post and it removed him entirely, which gave Tyreek a one-on-one chance against Jack Sanborn. Game over right there. Good job by Mike Gesicki. I think the fourth down miss though is why we don't see more targets here because you going to have to be able to generate more separation in this league if you're going to get those types of you know one-on-one looks. And we had no separation on that play. Tua tried it, and it winds up being a miss. Uh, Hunter Long had himself a really nice block in space on that late run by Raheem for eight yards. Right before the fourth down stop on the pass to Durham Smythe, he comes across the formation and carried his block throughout the whistle. Offensively, in general, the second drive, first play, we throw a swing route to Tyreek Hill against the flow of outside zone, the other direction, and you see the entire box count of the Bears fall step. You get a great block out wide by Sherfield. It's an easy eight yards. Look, this is a game of Jimmy's and Joe's, right? But man, these built-in yardage eaters are a nice way to get your players the maximum number of chances to make the big plays particularly putting yourself so far ahead of the chains like that. It's easy pickings. It's a good combo of execution, but also scheming in easy gains for the offense. And then give the line in general credit for the way they fire off the football, man. A lot of these clean pockets come from play action slides where it's just like, I mean, the pass rush is basically negated by the fact that you ran that play action slide. Like, they're materializing by creating hesitation from the defensive line up front. And the way our guys come off the ball with purpose in the run game and on play action has a lot to do with that. I think what you've got is the tackle play has been really good on both sides, holding up on an island by themselves consistently. And then the middle three guys are playing so well in their communication, passing off, and it's just creating constant clean pockets for Tua. Even more impressive when you consider you worked in a new left guard this week and Rob Jones and really didn't miss a beat. 
Let's go ahead and turn it over to the defensive side of the football. Fun tape for the offense, not so much for the defense. I will say, you know, let's talk about them in general here first. Some really cool packages. On the opening third down stop, we had Ogba, Phillips, and Chubb up front uh, with Wilkins. So your three edge kind of NASCAR rushers with Christian Wilkins inside. And then Duke Riley and Channing Tindall were the off-ball linebackers. That's about as much speed and pass rush ability as any team could put on the field on one rep, and they got off the field on that play. But this game was all about the quarterback run, and I can't really even pinpoint big errors and just say it's not good enough. Like, it's obviously missed tackles and bad angles, all the things that go into big rushing performances, but like also, that's what players like this dude do. They are angle killers. They are often put in wide open spaces when the play breaks down because of the nature of the quarterback position. And it's so dang tough to contend with. I'm not saying you have to just concede that you can't do anything to stop it against a guy like this, but it sure as hell isn't easy. This defense has been integral in multiple wins this year. So I think the overreactions are a bit much, and I would be very surprised if they don't get it right right away. Uh, You can obviously learn from every tape, but I'm just not so sure this is one of them where you take a lot away from because, you know, it could be wrong here, but there was so much in this game plan that I just don't think more than two or three quarterbacks in the league can execute the designed runs, the boot action, his ability to throw on the move, to drop the arm angle. He's an insanely talented quarterback, and a lot of that stuff that they hit on is orchestrated to that very unique skill set. I'll mention the numbers against traditional passing and running in the stats portion of the podcast, but not many players can operate an offense like that one that Fields did, and not there's no players on Miami's schedule the rest of the way that play that style of football. The 61-yard touchdown run, I'm just not sure how many quarterbacks will see jump and fake a throw, hit the ground, and take off with 4-4 speed. That got the slightest bit of hesitation from Jerome and Duke, and that's all that 4-4 speed needs. Chicago emptied the entire playbook, man. They pulled out all the razzle-dazzle. They let a very rare athlete do his thing, and boy, did he. My thoughts on this game is tip of the cap and move on. I'm glad we won. Let's talk about some of the individual moments. Bradley Chubb. You felt his presence almost immediately. The Bears' first third down, he's one-on-one against the left tackle. He gets a hit on Justin Fields after engaging the tackle with a left hand and the right hand in quick succession. Wap-wap. One, one, two, whoop, and then playing through his base to run the tackle right into the quarterback, chucks him aside and puts a hit on fields. His work on that early option play to string out both the pitch and the ball carrier, elite level reaction and athletic ability on display there. Speaking of those two traits, Jalen Phillips does so much that I don't think gets enough love. The Bears pull a guard at him and he goes and gets the blocker and sets a hard edge. Like, don't let him get into your body. Go get him. And he does that and forces the back to bubble and eventually bend it right back into Zach Sealer. On the first really magical run of the day for Justin Fields, Phillips tosses the Bears' left guard, again, rushing from a condensed uh, set or alignment, and has a shot at Fields, but he makes JP miss. Gosh, he's so tough, but also... Gosh, Phillips has some great reps once again, man. He had a sack, but the right tackle tackles him right in front of the quarterback, but that penalty put them behind the chains and effectively ruined the rest of that drive. And on the next play, he flagged down a jet sweep to Chase Claypool, where he literally was outflanked and ran him down from behind in a full sprint. He is incredible, man. Christian Wilkins, uh, you know, on carries by the backs, the traditional looks, he was once again consistently able to thwart blocks. Normally, he gets his quick one-gap wins. He gets his stack-and-shed two-gap plays where he comes off the block and makes a tackle. But he had a couple snaps in this game where he just shed his man immediately. Then he is the gap, like just chilling, number 94, waiting for him, unblocked, and he makes a couple of plays doing that. Zach Sealer's tape is often my favorite on defense. The Bears' second drive starts with a run stuff, and you see Sealer's length just stand out like there's a muck of bodies in the pile, and you see this right arm just jamming up the shoulder pad of the Bears' 
uh, left guard, jamming up that shoulder pad, standing him up and riding him down the way for a tackle on the other side of the formation. I think Raekwon Davis doesn't get enough love for what he does weekly against double teams to hold his ground. He had one play where he came off for a run stuff late in the second quarter. I mentioned Channing Tindall's speed on that spy on the opening drive was crazy. I thought Alandon Roberts had some good flow and scrape plays, particularly one tackle on Khalil Herbert late in the first quarter where he had to get around a lead block cut back underneath it and dive inside for a tackle. Great work on that one. Also had great coverage running stride for stride, 25 yards downfield with Cole Komet as a pass defender. Jerome Baker, I thought, was excellent playing through blocks on traditional run looks. Stayed very tight to the line, got off blocks, and made some nice tackles in big spaces. Melvin Ingram, that sack, just running right through the left tackle by dropping his inside shoulder into the chest plate, then ripping that inside arm through once he uprooted the left tackle's anchor. Great job of winning a pass rush while maintaining rush lane integrity. And then Duke Riley, his speed on his sack on that final drive to get a loss there from Justin Fields. Every week, his speed makes an impact. You move on to the secondary. I freaking love Cater Kohu, man. He shoots through a block and blows up a quick screen early in the game. So good at coming downhill and squaring up his shots. One play later, it's the defensive pass interference on Keon Cross into the other side of the field. But Cater's in the slot, manned up on Darnell Mooney, the Bears' best receiver. He runs a slot fade, and Cater stays perfectly in phase. Gets the exact same look later in the drive, and this time Fields scrambles left. So the possibility of back shoulder, comeback, it's all there. But Cater stays right in phase, right in hip pocket. He is, in my opinion, by a massive distance, the second best cornerback on this football team. They would try him again in the second quarter on takeoff route. Once again, there he is. And then a big, big tackle in space on a now route on that penultimate drive, the one we get this defensive stop again on. Uh, Second and 15 play right after Melvin Ingram's sack. He comes in there with a play before the play. I thought Xavier had fantastic mirror coverage on the one-on-one route to the corner, uh, uh, to the boundary, I should say, the X receiver. You know, that's that's the toughest place to play in football with no help on the opening drive. He pins Mooney to the perimeter and made that window impossible to hit. A fantastic catch and throw by Mooney on the touchdown. Uh, tough to run to the corner from the number three receiver position and closest to the formation through the traffic, through the rub, and defend a perfect throw. Good on fields and Mooney, man. They made that play happen. I like the way Javon Holland recognizes the most dangerous routes in certain concepts. On the opening drive, he passes off this vertical route that basically is away from the play and then buzzes the backside over route and comes down and takes it away. And that's why Justin Fields tucked it and had to run and couldn't move the chains. More good stuff from Javon Holland. I thought Eric Rowe played really well with the plays in front of him, recognizing the floods and boots and closing for sure tackles immediately after the catch. Also stuck his face in the fan against actual handoffs to backs to clog up the C gaps and cut them down. He also spilled out a lead block to free up Jerome Baker to make a tackle on a toss late in the third quarter. Just does a good job weekly inserting himself against their traditional run looks. And then Elijah Campbell, he ran in and undercut a screen that forced an errant throw slash incompletion early on. Good instincts to recognize the play and come get it. He had some additional nice fills in the running game as well coming from depth. So look, I know I talked a lot of positives and that's this game was not a positive one for the defense. But like I said, Sometimes players make plays, man. Justin Fields did. We got to be more consistent in our rush lane integrity, our tackling, staying disciplined to keep our feet on the ground and just make sure you wrap up. But again, against actual runs and passes, you know, traditionally defense played pretty well, I thought. Let's go ahead and take our last break, come back and do stats. I just want to make it very clear that like it wasn't a good performance from the defense. Like Fields got you. So I just want to make that very clear, but it's not one that you panic over is what I'm trying to say. Let's go ahead and take our last break, come back and do stats, snap counts, and hear from Mike McDaniel. That's next on the Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Segment number three here on a Tuesday edition of the Drive Time Podcast, catching you up on the latest stats and numbers from Pro Football Focus Next Gen League leaderboards. Let's go ahead and start with Tua and take a look at his depth of target on 20 plus or throws of 20 plus air yards. He was three for four with 82 yards and a touchdown on throws of 10 to 19 yards, eight for nine for 131. On the year, throws over 10 yards. He's 64 of 93. That's 69%. Nice. 1,365 yards. That's 14.7 yards per pass. And he's thrown 10 touchdowns and three picks. On the season, he is first in passer rating, QBR, yards per attempt, touchdown percentage, expected points added per play, net yards per play. He's third in completion percentage. He's tied for fourth in interception percentage. And he's fourth fewest sack percentage in the NFL. How about an update on the third down stats? He actually improved his all-time standing going back to 1981. Uh, he had a 142.7 passer rating coming into play. After the game, he's 147.0. After going 6 of 7 for 109 and a touchdown, his career passer rating also moved to 95.3. That's the best in Miami Dolphins history. Tyreek Hill is first in receptions and yards. Yards per game, he's got 14.3 more yards per game than Justin Jefferson, who's second in that category. He's first with 48 first downs. He's first with 3.82 yards per route ran. He's second with 11 yards per target, minimum 40 targets. Jalen Waddell, is tied for 10th in catches, 5th in yards. He's tied for 3rd with 6 touchdown catches. He's got the 5th most first downs, the 5th most yards per game. He has the 1st yards per target, 11.6 among receivers with 40 targets. He has the 3rd highest yards per route ran, 2.79. Again, yards per route ran, you were always going to see the best receivers in the league atop that leaderboard. Tyreek Hill's one. Jalen Waddle's number three. Together, they have 1,916 yards, the second most for any duo through nine games behind only Billy Groman and Charlie Hennigan. Who can forget them from the 1961 Houston Oilers? Tyreek already has the 12th best receiving season in team history from a yardage standpoint. He needs just 286 to break the single season mark of 1389 set by Mark Clayton back in 1984. For the game, Tyreek and Jalen caught 12 of their 15 targets for 228 yards. That's 15.2 yards per target. Individually, Tyreek was 17.9 yards per target. Jalen 12.1, Cedric Wilson 12.5, and Trent Sherfield 9.0. Yards per route ran, Tyreek 5.11 in the game. Two is good. 3.27 for Waddle, 3.83 for Cedric, 1.5 for Scherf. On the rushing stats, Cedric, uh, Jeff Wilson had two missed tackles forced on nine carries. Raheem had one on his nine carries. Wilson averaged 3.11 yards after contact. They both had 10-plus yard runs, and they converted three of their 18 carries into first downs. Pressures allowed. Teron Armstead had two. Rob Jones had three. Connor Williams and Rob Hunt both had none, and Brandon Shell had three. No sacks allowed, though, in this game. Defensively, pressures. Phillips had five. Chubb had three. Riley had two. 
Tyndall, Roberts, Xavier, and Mel all had one apiece. Run stops. Cater Kohu leads with a five in this game. Wow. Five tackles within two yards of the line. Sealer, E-Rob, and Ero all had three apiece. Wilkins, Davis, Baker, and Riley had two apiece, and four guys had one. X played 43 coverage snaps and was tabbed with 26 yards allowed. Kohu, 42 snaps, 19 yards allowed. Again, you want to be uh, you know, a little a little over one is very good. Javon Holland, 42 coverage snaps, four yards allowed. Eric Rowe, 34 coverage snaps, 21 yards allowed. The quarterback run, again, obviously a big element. Fields had 178 yards on 15 rushing attempts. You know, I had a feeling he was coming on and he has arrived. And good for the Bears, man. They've been searching for a guy like that for a long, long time. But Miami against the running backs, 21 rushes for 59 yards. Receivers had four for 15. They also caught 17 of 28 passes for 123, just 4.4 yards per pass attempt. And again, Fields is in that Lamar, Hartz, Kyler class. It's such a tough task to consistently defend players like them. But the Dolphins did a good job in the rest of the game. That's kind of why they won the game, getting those wins in the other areas. All right, there you go. Let's take a look at these snap counts before we get to Mike McDaniel's Monday press conference. You had the offensive line play wire to wire and your quarterback, 57 snaps for all those guys. Tyreek played 79%. Waddle played 72%. And Sherfield played 63% of your snaps in offense. So pretty clear line of demarcation there for the receivers room. We also had Cedric Wilson play 13 snaps in the game. At tight end, Smythe played 33. Gasicki played 28 snaps. So that's a 58%, 49%, and then Hunter Long gave you 11% workload at the tight end position. Pretty standard for what we see this year. At the running back spot, we had Jeff Wilson and Alec Ingold played 28 snaps, and Raheem played 27. So really even down the line there. On defense, we had two players go the distance, Holland and Howard. That's pretty common. Cater Kohu missed just one snap playing 73. I mentioned we had the package with Duke Riley and uh, Channing Tindall, Jerome Baker's snaps goes down to 61% in this game after playing 100% for most of the season. We had Christian Wilkins again, man, 86% of the snaps, 64. His conditioning is unrivaled by anybody but Jalen Phillips, who gave you 61 snaps in the game. Sealer and Roberts both give you 57. That's 77% of the workload. Same for Eric Rowe. Bradley Chubb gave you 54 snaps in his first outing here. Raekwon played 44 snaps, and then you get a big drop-off there from Raekwon playing 44. Melvin Ingram, 27 snaps. Emmanuel Ogba, 25. So reductions there for those guys. Cross in 20. Igbenogany, 19. Duke played 17. Tyndall had the 5. Egwavon had 1. Van Ginkle had 10. We also had Elijah Campbell for 16 snaps, and John Jenkins played uh, 14. So maybe some more Elijah Campbell, maybe some more Duke Riley, maybe some more Channing Tyndall. Plenty of Cater Kohu in there as well. Interesting to get a look at that as we go forward. So we heard from head coach Mike McDaniel on Monday. He told us that Hunter Long entered the concussion protocol, and that was the only injury we had in the game uh, coming out of the game on Sunday, which was a rarity for this team, obviously. No change on Byron Jones. We're going to see Austin Jackson practicing this week and trying to see him get more and more ramped up to get back on the field. And they'll go ahead and play three quotes for you here. I wanted to ask coach about the receiver's effort and their routes because it seems like, man, all these guys give their all on every single play. Coach gave me a phenomenal answer. Here's Mike McDaniel Kawa. Coach was awesome. Coach's answer was awesome. No, um, that's that's cool. It's a that's a something that's been of paramount of importance that I think you can really separate offensive um, play in the pass and run game by the perimeter receivers because you, yeah, they always looked at it like this. You're gonna um, by and large, you're gonna have straining, try hard. Um, offensive linemen 
and running backs have to try hard, otherwise they're going to get blown up and tackled. Um, and tight ends are kind of an extension of the offensive line, but you can really have a um, a well-oiled um, offense if you have um, football-playing wide receivers. And so football-playing wide receivers don't just run routes hard when they are scheduled to get the ball um, because that that's a the, the the orchestration of good wide receiver play within a good offense um, is a full commitment to, and a standard and that's something that um, you don't you don't just turn on that's something that's to a credit to every single um, coach and player on the on the staff because you it's a daily commitment that you know if um, Wes is in there and not um, not pointing out that the backside of a of a run or or maybe a runoff route isn't to the standard that we'd like. If he doesn't point that out on a random Thursday in September, it's not going to be right in October. So um, that that is something that I think is very important in a in a way that you can separate yourself in this league is a commitment to by a position that is predominantly dominated by statistical um, figures that they play team football, then you got uh, a heck of an advantage um, that opposing defenses will feel um, over the course of time. How about the impact of Bradley Chubb and what he saw from his tape? Here's Coach McDaniel on the new coming pass rusher, Bradley Chubb, and also some Jeff Wilson in here as well. No, I, I was pumped. Uh, the, the stuff that he was able to do in terms of you know, you're, you you put yourself in his situation, and it's Tuesday, um, and you just get notified that you're traded teams. Then you're taking uh, your Wednesday of your NFL prep week, um, where you're preparing for first and second down. Uh, half of it's occupied by doing physicals and stuff, and then you you're trying to get sped up to to a defensive system that's in a different language. Um, I was very happy with uh, how he was able to go out and play pretty hard. He'll um, there was a uh, several occasions that um, he he didn't end up on the stat sheet, but he completely affected the pass plays by um, getting getting to the quarterback uh, in in a rhythm fast quick enough that it, he had to get the ball out, and that's what you're asking in that position. Um, he'll get. Um, uh, better and better as he gets more versed in the nuances of our scheme and both run and pass. But um, really happy with the, the the player, the talent, and the effort. Um, feel like he's going to fit right in um, and uh, and really help our our group moving forward. Finally, he was asked about the expectation for Tyreek Hill coming in, what he sees from him. He's going to tell you a little bit about Tyreek behind the scenes and the work he puts in. Here's Coach on the cheetah as well as a celebration with the backflip after the touchdown. Yeah, well, um, kind of have some beef with our video department because we cut that celebration off in our coach's copy tape. So we're visiting, we're revisiting that after this press conference, but, uh, um, but live, you know, I thought it was a, I feel like a 7.8, um, because there was, you know, I didn't feel like he stuck the landing, and from 
Um, I, I know that's a very important part of the, of the judging process. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's the cool thing about Tyreek is he recognizes, um, that this game is all, all about improving and he's, you know, obviously you're excited, um, to have production on, on unforeseen level before, um, that's great. Um, but what you like is that he's, uh, that he and his teammates see that as a vessel for us to get, um, our job done, which is to win. And in that process, he hasn't, he's not wavering or, um, you know, trying to take the easy way, way out. You know, there was a couple things in this past game that he did better than he has all season. That's what we're looking for. And that's, um, what makes me the happiest about it because, um, you're, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. There's not really any in between and he's committed to getting better. So I look forward to his, uh, his production moving forward. That is a very long podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. I really enjoyed watching this tape and breaking it down. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL, the team at Miami Dolphins, Fish Tank Podcast, Post Game Show, 560 WQAM. Our Twitter spaces show every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, as well as the international podcast here on the network, the YouTube channel for media availabilities and Dolphins Today. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline. Daddy's coming home. <laughs>